you, man. Good morning. Great to be here today. What a blessing. If you're visiting with us, we're so thankful that you're here. You are a blessing to us, and we pray that, you are, that we will be a blessing to you as we worship God together. And if you have any questions about anything you see us do or hear us say or teach, please ask. We keep saying, just our motto, we're just trying to be the church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And so uh, we'd be glad to sit with you or talk with you and uh, answer any questions that you might have. We hope you come back if you're from this area over and over and over again. If you're traveling and you're with us today, when, when you're back in this area, come and see us again and be safe on your travels. I want to continue our series on faith that I began several weeks ago. As I said, this is a detailed study on faith because we need to really understand what faith is and the importance of faith in our lives. Not just some concept, uh, you know, kind of floating out in the air there, but what faith really is. So we began by talking about what Jesus said four times, O you of little faith. And so we asked the question, how much faith is too little faith? What is too little faith? And then we moved on from there. We talked about the difference between just believing and having real faith as taught in the scriptures. Last time, I broke the, the, the lesson on saving faith into two parts, and I talked about what saving faith is by means of coming to Christ for salvation, that faith that will lead us to come to him in repentance of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly, and surrendering in baptism for the remission of our sins. And then the second part I talked about, now what is saving faith as we live our Christian life? Hopefully through these lessons and those to come, you're getting a better grasp. You're getting more of an appreciation of what real faith is as taught in the scriptures, and it's becoming deeper in, your, in meaning for you personally. Today I just want to ask the question, and we're going to look at it from more of a technical perspective today. And I'll do that now and then in different lessons. I'll get technical, but I, most of the time I just want to look at what the scriptures say and, and try to blend it into meaning for us. But let's break it down today. We throw around that term faith on a rather loose, in a rather loose way. But you know when we're talking about faith, it has real meaning. It is a concept that, that is really deep and has very much meaning for our personal life. Do we really understand what faith is supposed to be? People talk about, oh, I have faith in God. Oh, I have faith in, in, in the Lord. Oh, I just love him so much. And then you see the way they live their life. That's, it, it, it bespeaks anything but faith in God and in Christ. They're not living a life of faith, but they say the word. They you say, that's what I have. They, they attest that, yes, they affirm, I have faith, but they don't live faith. They don't live their faith. As I've said many times, our faith cannot be just a part of our life and be the faith taught in the scriptures. Our faith has to be our life. It has to be our life. 
So true faith is not primarily subjective. That is, it is not an unrealistic feeling, something warm and fuzzy, and that's about all there is to it. It's not an unrealistic or a wild wish or a hope that does not have any basis. It is not blind belief, as some people will accuse us of having, and it's not just blind trust. But faith comes from God's word. In Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes based upon, it develops within us on an individual basis. As we get into God's word, we learn the basic teachings of Christianity. We understand them sufficiently that it makes a change in our life, that faith develops within us. And then that faith we need to put into action through obedience and dedication on a consistent daily basis. As Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15, I appreciate Matt reading this a few moments ago. We're going to look at it a couple of times in this particular part of our study. But here the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now how did Timothy come to be able to know about salvation? Through the holy scriptures. But now what did his knowledge, and we can go back and we can look and see where his mother and his grandmother taught him the holy scriptures. He came to understand those. And as he came to understand those and believe in those, now some people understand what they say, but they never come to believe in them. But he came to believe in them, that was faith developing within him. And again, what was the basis for that faith developing within him? The Holy Scriptures. He came to know the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make him wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. Learning the teachings of Scripture is central to our faith, to our developing it, to it staying strong and even growing stronger. You know, in our podcast that we do every day, uh, search the script, uh, I'm sorry, today's Bible class, I keep emphasizing that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so if we can get into God's word, and I say, you know, this is only a very short study every day, about 13 minutes or so, but it gets us into God's word. It keeps us into God's word. And thereby it helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith. We need that continual kind of getting back into God's word and just continue to strengthen us in that way by keeping us in the scriptures. So we look at different scriptures. We've looked at these along the way, but let me just refer to them quickly again. In Ephesians 2 and verse 8, the apostle Paul said, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. By grace, that's God's part. The salvation by grace, that's God's work. The faith, developing the faith that will lead us to come to God for that salvation through Jesus Christ, that's our part. We have to develop that faith. God does the saving. We have to grow the faith. And the gift from God is the salvation. The faith is what we must develop. We must apply ourselves to, make, to, to develop and grow in. In Romans 5 and verse 1, the apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, having been justified by faith. Now, that's not just believing. Remember what James wrote in James chapter 2. The devils believe, or the demons in hell believe, and tremble. 
but there's still the demons in hell. We have to do more than believe. Real faith, saving faith, as we looked at in our last lesson, broken into two parts, is active. It is obedient. It is dedicated on a consistent basis. So therefore, having been justified by faith, faith put into action, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith that leads us in an active, obedient way to our Lord and Savior for that salvation. And then in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. We look also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. Now think about, put all those verses of scripture together, all those statements of the benefits of faith, how, what that means to us. We're justified by faith. We're saved by faith. We walk by faith. We stand by faith. But again, it is not just an intellectual agreement, but it is a faith put into action through obedience and dedication and consistency. By faith you stand. Well, something this important, if faith has all of those attributes to it, all of those blessings for us, if we develop it and, and if we nurture it properly, then we need to really understand what faith really is. Again, it's not some warm, fuzzy feeling all by itself. When I say it's not purely subjective, I'm talking about just a feeling. And that's what faith is for a whole lot of people. To a great extent, they feel this. Well, I just feel, some people ask me from time to time, what do you think about this or that, referring to some particular point of scripture or teaching of doctrine? And I'll often respond to them, you don't want to know what I think. You want to know what God says. So let's look into God's word and see what it really says. And that's the basis for our real faith. We need to know. We need to understand what faith really is. Without faith, we cannot please God. In Hebrews 11 and verse 6, the Hebrews writer said, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who would come to God must believe, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith in God is absolutely essential. Now, what is true saving faith? In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, we have the Bible's definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have atheists out there, and apparently from what I read, there is a growing number of them, although they're still in a very, very small minority of our population in this country. But they're there, and they are, in many cases, very vocal in their beliefs, and that belief is that we do not believe in God. Well, that's unfortunate. I've thought many times, I've wondered, what do people without God in their lives, how do they make it? What do they do? Where's their hope? And I come up with zero over and over and over again. And I've also tried to emphasize that when you take God out of any culture, you have darkness floods in. You don't want to live in that, kind of, in, in that kind of place, that kind of country, that kind of culture, because it will be horrible, absolutely horrible. When God is not a part 
of that culture, bad things, evil, wickedness will prevail, will prevail. So faith is the substance of things. Now, our atheist friends, skeptics, agnostics, they'll say, yeah, you're talking about just a blind leap in the dark. That's, that's all that faith is, a blind leap in the dark. Not according to the Bible's definition. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, let's break this down, and here's where I get technical in this particular part of our study. Substance, what does that mean? What is that word? What, what, what stands behind that? When the Hebrews writer says faith is the substance of things not seen. Now people will say, or rather of things hoped for. What, what people say, see, you're just a wild wish, you're just hoping, that's all that it is. No, that, don't pass over that word substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. There's a basis to why we hope and what it is that we hope for. Substance. Well, let's look at some different translations of the word in different translations of the scriptures. The New International Version says faith is being sure of what we hope for. Not a wish, not a dream, not some hope without basis, but it's being sure of what we hope for. In the American Standard Version, which is very literal from the Greek to the English, and the New American Standard Version, and the New American Standard Bible, which from what I gather is extremely accurate from the Greek and the English, but in more modern language, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, if I'm assured of something, then I can hang my hat on it. I can have confidence in it. It's not a wild wish. It's not a hope without basis. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. When we look at the same word as it is used, translated differently in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, it's interesting and perhaps pretty significant that it's in the same letter but a different context of scripture and it's translated in a different way. That verse says in the, New, in the King James Version, the New King James Version, who being, speaking of Christ now, who being the brightness of his glory, that is, Christ is the brightness of God's glory, and the express image of his person, his person. The word that is translated person there is the same word that is translated substance in chapter 11 and verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, would anybody suggest that Christ is somehow just a floating in the air kind of belief? No, he says, Christ is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. Jesus came into this world in physical form. And when you talk about, somebody says, well, yeah, but he could have, anybody could claim to be the savior. If you go back into the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Savior, Jesus fulfilled every single one in minute detail. Now, if you were to just take eight of those prophecies, for instance, go to Isaiah chapter 53. You remember back? Isaiah 53 has probably about eight different prophecies, specific prophecies, but there are many more in the Old Testament scriptures. 
And if you just take eight prophecies and you do a mathematical calculation as to could one man manipulate eight specific prophecies in finite detail, it's a mathematical impossibility unless that man is truly the Son of God. Because you see, Jesus could not, he could not determine that he would be hanged on a cross. He could not determine, manipulate the Roman soldiers casting lots, gambling for his garments. He could not do that. And those, were, those factors were out of his control. But every single prophecy, and there are many more than that, fulfilled by him in minute detail. The express image of God's person. Now, we look again at some other translations. The American Standard Version says his substance. Oh, the same translation as we see in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Christ coming into this world, the express image of God's person or substance substance. His being in the, new, in the New International Version. Interesting as we look at these different translations, all meaning the same thing, but how we get the fuller picture, maybe a broader uh, impression of just what it means when Jesus came in the person of the Savior, but in the expressed image of the person of God. We look a little further the new, International, uh, the, the new American Standard Version, the New American Standard Bible, his nature. Christ was here in the nature of God. Now, when we turn to Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, that's a technical name, isn't it? Uh, Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words takes the words from the Greek and, and tries to put them into understandable definitions in English. And so basically how Vine breaks this down, this particular word translated substance in Hebrews 11 and verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for in reference to Christ in Hebrews chapter one and verse three, that he is here the very image of God's person. He says the divine essence of God effectively is represented in the person of Jesus Christ when he came to this earth. Now you see, that's weighty. We're talking about not a, a kind of a, you know, surface level kind of word here when we read in Hebrews 11 and one that faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're talking about a very strong and powerful word in meaning in itself, that it supports faith and that that is part of the basis of what faith is as it develops within us. In Hebrews 3 and verse 14, this same word used again, for we have become partakers of Christ if we, have, if we hold the beginning of our confidence. And that's speaking of our faith in Christ, steadfast to the end. Now when you're confident of something, there's a reason for your being confident. Again, it's not a wild wish, it's not just a warm fuzzy feeling. You're confident that that's going to be, that that is the way that it is. And it's interesting 
that one shade of meaning for this word, translated substance in Hebrews 11 and verse one, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is that it is the foundation, the foundation upon which one's faith stands. Interesting. Now let's go back to Hebrews 11 and verse one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now what about this, this phrase, things hoped for. Well, when we use that word hope in our kind of common everyday language, we're talking about a wish, a desire. That's not the way it's used in New Testament Christianity. It is the desire connected inseparably with the expectation of fulfillment. And so we come back to those various translations, confident, substance, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now that would include every spiritual blessing offered to the Christian from God in the heavenly places. Ephesians 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now let's bring it down more to a personal level. James 1 and verse 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift, speaking of blessings, obviously, on, in our physical lives, but also our spiritual lives, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. When we're talking about our expectation that God will take care of us, watch over us, bless us in the ways that we need. Now, sometimes we want blessings that God knows we don't really need. But he'll bless us according to our needs and even beyond because his blessings upon us are so abundant. We can have expectation of those fulfillments. And when we're talking about it from purely a spiritual perspective, those are the greatest of all blessings. Well, what is the greatest of all the spiritual blessings? home in heaven. Ephesians 4 and verse 4, there is one body and one spirit just as you're called in one hope of your calling. What is that hope basically? Forgiveness, salvation, eternal life in heaven. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 5 says because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. The hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Some hope that you have just in your mind and that's the extent of it? No, it's laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And Peter writes of this. He calls it an inheritance. And look at how he, he phrases it. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. See, that's New Testament hope. That's real Christian hope. Not just a feeling, not just a wish or a desire without any substance or basis, but it is the substance of things hoped for. And then also, the writer goes on and says, the evidence of things not seen. Now at the risk of sounding wearily redundant, how I try to explain evidence continually is, talk to any inmate in any jail or any prison in the land, he'll quickly give you a crash course on evidence because he understands exactly what that means, evidence. 
evidence. Well, it is also translated conviction in the American Standard Version, New American Standard Version, and New American Standard Bible. Interesting. And it is, it is also translated in the New International Version, certain, certain. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the certainty of things not seen. Now you say, well, see there? Now here's the critics come in. You don't see it, you just believe in it. There's, there's your, your blind leap in the dark. No, no, we're talking about a belief based on substance and a belief that is based on evidence. I don't see the wind. And people say, sure you do, you see it all. No, you don't see the wind. You see the evidence of the wind rustling through the trees and the leaves. You see the evidence of the wind blowing the, crowd, the clouds across the horizon, the sky. You see the evidence of the wind rustling through the grass and the ground. You feel the evidence of the wind as you step out and it blows in your face, but you don't see wind. You don't see it. You don't see electricity. You don't see protons and neutrons and all of that. But we see the evidence of all of those real things, real factors in life. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. What are the things not seen? We don't see God face to face in physical form because God is spirit and we are finite. We're physical. But we will see him before our face in eternity in heaven. We'll see him face to face. When Christ came into this world, the people saw him, God the Son, face to face because he came in physical form. Now, the word evidence, well, it can refer directly to the facts or proof or, deter or, or demonstration upon which someone uh, something is shown to be true or false. We think about that in our legal systems all the time. But it can also refer to the conviction arrived at within the mind of the individual based upon seeing the facts demonstrated. So we're not talking about wishy-washy thoughts, uh, thoughts here. We're talking about real evidence. Again, that goes right along with Romans 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And 2 Timothy 3 and verse 15, Timothy had known from childhood the holy scriptures which made him wise unto salvation through faith in Christ. The evidence, the evidence of God's existence, I say we don't see God face to face. We sure see his fingerprints all over the place, don't we? We see the fingerprints of God everywhere. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest or revealed in them, for God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. If you just open your eyes, I added that part in there myself. They're clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 19 and verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the firmament shows his handiwork. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 14 and verse 1, when you look at the evidence all around us of God, his existence, his power, his being the creator, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. Faith, based upon what we're talking about, it has been compared substance, evidence. It has been compared to the confidence that a mathematician receives from the demonstration of a mathematical equation. Yes, the Christian stands by and stands upon faith. And let me tell you, the non-Christian world out there, they're groping around for something that is right in front of them if they'll simply turn to God's word and study. They're groping around for some kind of meaning, direction in life that is escaping them because they're not looking in the right place. To God, through Christ. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. True faith, it's rooted in substance and evidence. And the substance and evidence is not something that we put together ourselves on our own, but it is the irrefutable evidence that God has laid out there for us. How could anybody look at the stars in the sky and say there is no God? How could anybody look at how this world works in such synchronism and not believe in God? How could anybody look at the creation and not believe in God? Faith, real faith, is based on substance of things hoped for and evidence, hard and fast evidence of things not seen. If you have not yet embraced that evidence, we'd love to help you. We'll study with you. All you have to do is ask. We never charge anybody anything for studying God's word with us. If you want to study on your own, we have studies for you. They're all free, always will be free. We want to help you come to the creator, the heavenly father, God, through the savior, Jesus Christ, so that you can be forgiven of your sins as you repent of them, confess your faith in him, and surrender to him in baptism. And the blood that he shed on the cross will then cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. If you need the prayers of the church for whatever reason, if you need to come back to the Lord, or if you just have some situation in your life, please step forward in either case and ask us. Let us know so we can pray with you and for you, or talk with us privately if you feel better about that. But embrace the faith that God sent his son into this world to lay out for us and offer us. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. 
and you will find rest for your souls. I'm paraphrasing that particular text. If you need to come, come right now as we stand together and sing. All to Jesus.